This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap, brought to you on Thursday, the 9th of February, 2023. Today, we're talking all about a smartphone that you use only with your voice. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your host, Stephen Scott. Hey, hope you're well today. Thank you so much for tuning in and, as always, giving us your feedback. Lots of you getting in touch on email feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1877-803-4567 is our listener line number. Please do keep your calls and your emails coming in. I really do appreciate them. Lots of you sending in your questions today. We're going to get uh, questions and, I guess, issues. That seems to be the, the thread of the day today so we'll get to that also a bit later i mentioned uh, the smartphone you only use with your voice it's uh, quite incredible uh, a device in fact it came out in 2017 from a company out of melbourne called real thing uh, not the 70s band uh you to me are everything the sweetest song no not not, not them not that uh although you know i'm, I'm sure the you know I've, I've met the ceo i mean he looks like the kind of guy who could have sung in a band you know i'm just saying but um anyway <laughs> Real Thing is a company that developed this AI product. Uh, conversational AI was really what it was all about. And, and I have to say, way ahead of its time, considering the conversations we've just had yesterday on the show about the, the wonderful work that's going on with Microsoft and Google to make more conversational AI available to all of us. Well, they were working on this at Real Thing back in 2017. That's not to say, by the way, that Microsoft and Google weren't doing the same. But, you know, actually putting product out there with this conversational AI built in, in 2017, that was incredible, and it was. So, you know, it started off as a device which was all about really reading books and, and getting access to information, but it's so much more than that. And today we'll be joined by uh, two members of the team. We'll be joined by Louise and Anat from uh, the company Real Thing uh, as they talk about the expansion because it started in Melbourne, came to the UK uh, after conquering Australia, it conquered the UK, and now it's conquering America. Not available in Canada yet. We'll get to that with them on the interview today. So that coming up on the programme. So, uh, you know, let's add that to the list of the Blindshell Classic and the Synaptic and the Minivision. Now in your pocket. Well, actually, pocket. Used to be called in your pocket. It's now called pocket. Uh, They dropped the in your bit. And uh, now it's, uh, yeah, a really interesting device with lots more features. So like I say, we'll talk about that in depth today. Uh, I just want to mention as well, just a a quick story that I spotted I wanted to mention. If you go to the theatre, I do go to the theatre, I don't go to the theatre, but if you do go to the theatre, then you might want to go and see, um, you know, a a play and you might want to enjoy it. But ideally, you would enjoy it with captioning if you're deaf or audio description if you're blind. Well, you can. And you can actually do that with a lot of theatre performances. And in Broadway, this is becoming common in London, in England, it's becoming popular as well. And there is an app, there's always an app, but there is a new app that has come out uh, which will provide West End theatre goers in London, England to uh, enjoy captions and audio description via mobile phones. And the first show to use this is going to be the Back to the Future show. Seems kind of ironic in a way. Uh, the app is called Gala Pro, and it's available on both iOS and Android, and it's already being used widely on Broadway in the States, in New York. But uh, it's now made its way to the UK. The app was demoed with a production of uh, School of Rock back in 2019, but it's now being 
rolled out uh, across, uh, well, across Broadway and now London, and in particular to the LW Theatre's Adelphi Theatre, currently home to the Back to the Future musical. So basically what you do is you, you can watch the show. You've got captions there on your device as well and audio description coming out as well. This is really interesting. The app actually functions in airplane mode, which is clever because then you don't get disruption. Uh, and it plays, it'll display like a red or, or grey font on a black background to avoid bright lights. Again, quite clever. And the Adelphi in particular, that theatre, has said that they have uh, additional devices for those without. So if, even if you don't have a device, they will provide one for you. Now, Gala Pro was acquired last year by Broadway's Schubert organisation, one of the biggest venue operators in New York City. And it's being used for Hamilton, uh, Juliet, uh, Wicked, Six and more on Broadway, which is really interesting. And of course, that's the, the, the great thing. And we're starting to see how you know more and more experiences are being made accessible through this kind of thing. Uh, they say the app is not expected to disrupt the existing schedule of captioned relaxed and audio-described performances already scheduled by the likes of Back to the Future, it will just enhance all of that. So, you know, that, that's going to be great, really interesting. So if you're in London, England, and you want to go to the West End Theatre and enjoy a production of Back to the Future audio-described via your smartphone, that would be really cool. It's interesting because I remember a product, um, I think it was a couple of years ago, called ActiveView. I think that's the name of it. And it was an equivalent for movies. So you could go along to a movie theatre you could uh, take your iPhone with you, you could put in your AirPods or just a single AirPod, and you could listen to the audio description track as the film played. At the moment, and I'm not sure what it's like in other countries, but certainly in the UK at the moment, you turn up to a cinema and they will give you a pair of headphones that have been worn by, you know, 8,000 people beforehand. And, you know, maybe they're not working, they operate via RF frequencies, so it's infrared, it's not brilliant. You know, sometimes you can't even hear what's going on. And all of this is happening and, you know, you're trying to watch a movie and, and you know, you're kind of being isolated at the same time because you're wearing these big headphones. And, you know, a lot of blind people have said for a long time, wouldn't it be great if you could just use your smartphone to get the audio description track and have it sync up to the movie and you could listen to just the voice in your ear via your own AirPod? You know, I mean, let's be honest, since COVID, how popular were those <laughs> Audio description headsets. I mean, I don't imagine they were particularly popular. Uh, you know, you'd have to really be comfortable putting them on because they've been worn by who knows who beforehand. So, you know, accessibility outside of television and movie is really interesting, right? Because when you get into cinemas, when you get into theatres, there does seem to be some work being done to try and make that experience better. ActiveView was a US project. It never seemed to get out of the US and it didn't seem to go very far so, you know, again, you know, this is this the great thing about this show is we get a chance to hear from people all around the world. So what's it like for you? I want to know, you know, thinking about theatre, thinking about the cinema, what's it like where you live? What options do you have? Because maybe there's a theatre that's trying out something on its own, maybe trying out something new, trying out an app service, you know, like this, like Galapro or ActiveView, whatever it might be. So I'd love to hear from you on this. Uh, you can get in touch with us, as always, feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call one 4567 Let's get to your voicemails. Darren has been in touch following our update on the Hymns Sense Player OCR. Hello, this is Darren Platt from Bexley in Kent. Thank you very much for your um, 
information about the Sense Player and Sense Player OCR. Some of it I managed to find out, other bits I didn't. The reason I'm interested in the Sense Player OCR is that I have a couple of aging read easy moves because somebody I know used to run a rental company and he's decided to retire and pull out of the market because he said it wasn't worth his while carrying on. Good luck to him. But the machines I've got are about uh, the really the easy move pluses and they're about eight years old. So one of them is giving me a bit of trouble and the other one, I don't think it'll be too much longer before it does. So in a few years time, I'll have to buy a new one anyway. And if I could have a device that can do everything that the stream does, plus read my text documents, physical text documents, uh, for a lot less money, and that's just as good, hopefully, then yeah, I'm very interested. Regarding the uh, lady called Kay, I think her name was, regarding the blind shell speakerphone issue, I think I have to agree that it is a bit loud. Um, I tried it this morning, uh, today being uh, Tuesday, and I couldn't seem to be able to get the volume down any lower. I could turn it up, but I couldn't get it down low, and it was quite loud. Um, yes, if you're in a saw, you have to bear in mind though, that everything you hear, there's a chance other people will hear. Um, if it's on speakerphone, but I do think they need to put an extra couple of volume levels, downward volume levels in there so you can have it a bit quieter. Um, my advice is to contact your dealer and see if they can put a request into Blind Shell. Um, that's what I would suggest to you because I have to agree, I think it, it is a bit loud in some circumstances. You need to have the facility where you can turn the volume down a little bit more, a couple of uh, levels down. Not too much, but just a couple. So I can understand why you would find it might be getting distorted. It is quite loud, and if the caller on the other end is loud or speaking too close to the mic or any other factors mm. that might be at play to distort it, yes, I could imagine it really would could sound distorted. So I have to agree with what you're saying uh, upon my trials um that's all for now looking forward to hearing the hymns interview if it happens and seeing how much this uh, sense player oci actually will cost but it's looking good so far this is darren platt saying bye for now and thank you bye thanks darren and you know again we're getting little bits of information we, we do have more information online about this product which is good so we're able to glean information about the hymns sense player uh, no detail on pricing yet. I'm seeing rumours of pricing, but I don't know where it's coming from because I'm not seeing any. Uh, so, again, we will see. Uh, the company, Hims have said that they will uh, consider an interview. That's all I've got so far. I haven't had any detail of an actual interview happening. But as soon as it does, we'll get it scheduled and we'll get it aired. Uh, hopefully they will come on soon. Uh, and tell us all about the product. We must have a reputation here at Double Tap. I think we have a reputation because uh, <laughs> I think some people just get interviews no problem and they kind of are a little bit concerned about coming on here because we ask tough questions. We don't just let you come on and just you know sell products, right? We want to know if this is going to be good. 
I think we've all f- been bitten by the bug of expensive specialist equipment that just doesn't quite hit the mark or, you know, isn't quite right or does something and doesn't do enough of whatever, you know, especially when you compare it to what the other options are out there. And it's an, an interesting contrast, of course, because our conversation today kind of leads us on to this topic around what, you know, specialist technology can do for us. I mean, I, I actually am more into my specialist tech now than I probably ever was. But, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of money on a product, you know, I, I want to know it's going to do what I want it to do. Um, I just do, you know, and I, and I have the right to, to do that because I'm a consumer like everybody else, you know, just because I'm blind, just because I'm, you know, buying a product that is built for me, it's not been given to me. I've still got to buy it. I've still got to spend my money. So I want it to do the job. Uh, but anyway, uh, that aside, we will put the questions when we get them to hims. If you do have a question, it, it appears we have some time. So if you do, if you do want to ask a question to me that you might want to know or get answered about the hims sense player, then do get uh, in touch, and we will put that to the company if and when they come on the show. Now, speaking of the Blind Show Classic Two and its challenges, Michael Babcock, of course, was on the show yesterday with us. He did actually prior to. Him coming on the show yesterday, he did record us something uh, which he hoped would help answer this question and make Kay feel better. He wanted to make you feel better, Kay. So uh, here is Michael, um, but there's a little bit of a preamble first, which will lead in. He, let's just say Michael loves playing with 11labs.io. <laughs> he loves playing with this voice creation tool. Uh, and I think that the trick here is to try and work out which bit of what Michael's saying is him and which is, let's just say, a robot version of him, an AI version of him. It has me concerned that I wouldn't actually have to record this intro for you. So that also means if you want the real Michael, people have to pay for that voice. So two things, Stephen, I love Reaper because I recorded this demo and then I just took the items on the track and nudged them over like 15 minutes. It's kind of like throwing it over on the other side of the desk saying, I'll deal with that later. And then I got this recorded to intro what I'm going to share with the double tap listeners. And that is the distortion that Kay is having with her blind shell classic too. before that, though, quick reminder, if you nudge items over in Reaper to deal with them later. Don't forget you need to nudge them back. I recorded this on the Ambio headset, so hopefully you'll be able to hear the distortion. Now, back to how I opened this episode, and then we'll get into it. I put off sending this by like an hour because I didn't want to sit down and actually record it, and the thought did cross my mind. Should I ask ChatGPT to write me an intro and then go to 11 Labs and (laughs) use my voice to generate that (laughs) intro to this episode? I promise you. It really is me, though. Just a lonely voice in a Reaper project. Anyways, enjoy. Volume 5. 5.50 a.m. And I'm going to dial 877-803-4567. Press OK. Dialing. Now it says dialing, and then I'm going to press OK once. I'll press OK a second time. Once you hear Stephen talk and press OK again. We didn't leave a message. Let us know. And thank you for listening to Double Tap. Wow. So I'm going to uh, demo that again, and I'm going to do it quickly. That way you can hear what it sounds like. And once I turn speaker on, I will attempt to adjust the volume as well. 
Number 877 dialing. And if you would like to leave us a message that we will play on air, then please do. If you would rather we didn't leave a message, let us know. And this is the volume all that was the volume all the way down, and I did turn it up. You may have heard a little bit more distortion, uh, but that is the distortion sound that Kay is talking about. So there you go, Kay. Uh, you're not alone. It is a real thing, and um, yeah, it's a problem, it seems, and there doesn't seem to be a way to turn the volume down. So come on, Blind Shell. Is there an update in the works on this? We'd love to hear about it. You can uh, get in touch with us and uh, tell us tell all of us what the answer is to this one. But I imagine it will be a, a simple fix, right? It's, it's surely going to be a software update to fix that. Um, but thank you for flagging it, Kay. And I hope that you feel better that you're not alone in that, uh, that it's not just you. Uh, okay, let's move on. And uh, more update or mu- more opinions on updates. This from Lewis. Hi there, Stephen. This is Lewis from Toronto. Yeah, um, I'm calling you to give you an update on the um, Seeing AI indoor navigation uh, update. Um, yes, I was able to install an iPhone 8 uh, with not too much of an issue, but I wasn't able to install it on an um, iPad Air 2. Uh, does not work, does not want to come on. The, um, I have all the updates and uh, it still doesn't show up. The people at Apple helped me try to help me out. Uh, we didn't get anywhere. Even them themselves on their own iPad, it didn't work on their iPhone. It got installed after a while. Uh, didn't seem like it was going to work, and then it did. I have contacted Microsoft regarding this. They did get in touch with me. We did speak, and uh, they're looking into it, the engineers and whatever, to see what's happening. I'm waiting for an answer from them. I don't know if other people are having issues with this or not. So I'm bringing this up to you so you can bring it on air. You can use this on the air. And, Sean, please come back. We need you. Come on. It's enough time playing hooky. Let's get let's get uh, things into swing and get going. The longer you're at home, the worse you get. And uh, we need you. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Have a good day. Thank you, Lewis. I, again, more pages of the uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, Sean, because the show is terrible without you. Well, listen, we do our best here. I, I, I do my best since it's just me. Hi, um, but yes, we are. Um, we're looking forward to getting Sean back on, and uh, I'm all I'm going to say is I think so far we're looking at possibly him returning by the end of the month. You'll be pleased to hear. So all going well. He will be with us by the end of the month. Just a quick programming note, actually. Uh, Two things to be aware of. Coming up this weekend, we will be replaying our interview um, with uh, Mathieu Paquette from Humanware. Uh, Some of you might have missed the interview because of uh, an error on our podcast last week. So as a result, we uh, thought we'd replay that interview in full for you. So we'll give you the full interview uh, untouched as it went uh, on air originally. And we'll do that on the Saturday show, this coming Saturday. Uh, So uh, do check that out. Also, just to be aware, uh, the week commencing the 21st, or actually the 20th of February, we're off air, of course, for the Family Day in Canada on Monday. We will not be on air that day, but on uh, Tuesday and onwards, from Tuesday to Saturday of that week, we will actually be bringing our show to you from Vienna. And the Zero Conference Project 
uh, or the Zero, Zero Project Conference, I should say, is the name of the event. We will be uh, in Austria for that, and we will be bringing you coverage from it. It's an incredible event and a great opportunity to learn about things that are going on around the world, in particular for us, of course, around the tech space. The actual event itself, the Zero Project, focuses on a whole wide range of areas, and it talks about lots of different projects that are being created by individuals to benefit disabled people. But we are going to be focusing in on the tech angle, what's new in tech and what's emerging in tech in countries other than Canada, the US, you know, the UK. What's happening in Europe? What's happening in Africa, in India, in Australia? What's happening in other countries? So we're going to learn about all of that, some incredible projects that enabling disabled people to live good and happy lives through technology. Uh, that's what this show is all about. It's about promoting that. And uh, we, we will be able to do this literally on the world stage. From Austria, we will be bringing you the show. And I cannot wait. It's going to be such, a, it's going to be a huge amount of fun. I will say, because some of you might wonder, Sean was never going to be part of that trip. He wasn't coming out with us for that. It was only myself going out there. And uh, Marco Flalo from Double Tap TV is coming out. We'll be doing some episodes for TV as well. But Sean was never going to be doing that. And, you know, have I never been so pleased in my life not to book tickets for something to then have to cancel? Because if I I bought tickets for him, I'd have had to lose the money. Shocking, right? Shocking. Uh, And as a Scotsman, that's not something I uh, am all about. So, uh, yes, Sean will be back with us the week after that. And uh, he will return to regular duties of uh, saying things like oosh and and other things as well. So Dean from New Zealand will be less overjoyed. Lewis, it seems, will be overjoyed uh, about the news, which is fantastic. Uh, let's get to Kirk, who is having issues with Zoom text. Hello, Stephen and Sean. This is my first time reaching out with a question. I really enjoy your podcast and well wishes to Sean. A bit about me. My name is Kirk from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I have RP and I am well past legal blindness. I love everything Apple. The accessibility is the best. I'm wondering if anyone else is experiencing issues with Zoom text, magnifier, reader. I have Zoom text in the workplace since 1998. I'm currently on leave from work, but one of the main issues preventing me from returning is its frequent crashing of the Zoom text application. The voice will stop reading. Monitors will flash black and white rapidly. Mouse pointer will not click on programs in start menu. And oddly, when saving documents, it will not allow you to click on save, but will allow you to click on cancel. These issues have been occurring over the last two years and are intermittent in nature. We're running the latest 2023 version, has spoken to Freedom Scientific, and the issues persist. I'm using a mid-range Lenovo ThinkPad, so all the tech specs for Zoom Text are more than covered. We are a large organisation of 26,000 people. Not sure if network settings may be a contributing factor. All our systems are images also. Sadly, as it stands, I am not able to work without assistive tech in place. I'm wondering if there are others experiencing this. Are there other programs I could use that have speech and magnification with mouse pointer and other enhancements? I've looked at Dolphin Supernova, but I suspect it may have the same issues, as I am sure they would have a similar platform. I'm currently learning voiceover on my Mac, but I am required to use a PC at work. I really think that it may be time for me to embrace screen reader navigation going forward, but as I do still have some useful vision at the moment, it would be nice to have inverted colour and other enhancements. Any thoughts or suggestions would be appreciated. Stay strong and believe in yourself, everyone. Cheers, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. And uh, just a reminder, of course, that was uh, Laura reading our email from Kirk. Uh, You know, listen, first off, you say that uh, this Zoom text issue you're facing 
is on a work computer. That immediately uh, raises some flags for me because, uh, you know, on work computers, especially as you say, it's an imaged computer, as often these are, uh, there can be issues. I've had experience of this myself where there have been issues with the software. So JAWS, I was using at work uh, at my last job, and it was it was difficult sometimes. that It was not performing in the same way as it would at home. And it was often because of an issue with the image of the software. And that's quite difficult, of course, because how do you deal with that in a company? I mean, they, they have to obviously have the computers built a certain way. I got around it by asking if I could have essentially my own system that was locked down in whatever way it had to be. But ultimately, it was, you know, a fresh install of Windows. Also, just try and make sure if everything's up to date on the Windows side. You've mentioned that you're up to date on the ZoomText side, but... What about Windows itself? Is it fully up, up to date and operational? That would be quite interesting to know about. Uh, I think that, you know, when it comes to, and we don't have the time to go into it today, we will, I will, I will come back to this tomorrow, actually, Kirk. I'll, I'll maybe pick up on this. But there is a bigger conversation, I guess, around the subject of when is it time to make the move uh, for yourself onto a screen reader only and move away from these options. Um, I think that's a different conversation than one I'll pick up on. But what I will say is uh, narrator and magnifier are pretty good options. So, you know, if you're stuck, if you're in a bind, certainly magnifier on Windows itself is very good. Uh, and it's probably likely to work better in that situation if the other one's not working for you in that moment. Um, but of course, narrator and magnifier are separate. So they're not one application, although I believe they do work pretty well together. Um, so that might be worth checking out. Anyone else with any thoughts on this? I don't use ZoomText, so I can't speak for it. Um, and I certainly don't use it with magnification and speech. So if you've had any issues, let me know. Uh, get in touch with us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. I will come back to this email of yours on tomorrow's show, Kirk. Thank you for sending it in. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you listening and also getting in touch for the first time, as I do for all of you. Thank you so much to get for all of you for getting in touch with this show. Uh, stick around because up next we're going to learn all about uh, RealThing, the company behind the product RealSam Pockets. We'll learn all about that next with Louise and Anat from the company here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Double Tap. And uh, today on the show, I want to tell you a story about a smartphone with a difference. Now, you know me, I'm an Apple fanboy. I always have been. Never really got into the Android world, but that's purely because it was an iPhone first for me, right? That's where I started and that's where I have continued. And I think if I'd started with Android... I'd be all in on Android and I'd be saying, why would you ever want an iPhone, right? I think that's just the way it is now. Uh, we can all agree, though, that Apple and Google have done incredible work together and separately to make their devices as accessible to as many people as possible. And they are definitely on a par. So let me just say that. But that's not the kind of smartphone I want to talk about today, because for a lot of people, that isn't an option. That's just not what they want. Maybe they just don't feel comfortable with it. It just feels like too much to learn. Well, you shouldn't be forced into that world if you don't want to be. There has to be an alternative, and there are alternatives. Now, we've talked about the tactile option, which is the Blindshell Classic 2. We've talked about the high-contrast, large-text option like Synaptic, which, of course, has audio built in as well and lots of great features. 
But there is another category out there, and that's voice-driven smartphones. That we don't hear about so much, and we certainly haven't heard much about this company on this programme, but that changes today. Today we're going to talk about RealThing, a company based out of Melbourne in Australia. And they've designed a device which essentially you control entirely by your voice. You can make and receive calls, you could send and receive a text, you can turn on an inbuilt magnifier, you can get help from Be My Eyes, you can set a reminder, get the time, check out the weather, all of that by just speaking to your smartphone. So think Amazon Echo, think Google Nest, even the HomePod. Think about that, but think about it all in a smartphone and having that ability to take that anywhere. Use it anywhere, not just at home. Sounds interesting, right? Well, that's the company. The product is called Pocket. And with me today, I've got Louise and Anat from the company here to tell us all more about it. Uh, Louise, Anat, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you both here because it's a great opportunity to learn about the company and your products. Now, Louise, you're the UK country manager for Real Thing AI. Perhaps you could begin by telling us about Real Thing, Real Sam, Pocket, how all of this comes together and your role in it uh, from your perspective in the UK. Okay, so the product is produced by our parent company, which is Real Thing AI, um, a technology business based out of Melbourne in Australia. Um, and that company for quite some time have actually been developing um, a voice AI, so a conversational voice interface that enables people to use that interface to um, power technology. Um, and what's unique about our very specific voice dialogue is that you can have complex conversations. So um, many of us are familiar now with voice AI and we can typically use it to um, ask a question and get a, a single response or perhaps to perform a single action, maybe turn on your lights um, in your home. But the one that we have allows you to have quite a complicated interaction that has many, many steps to it. So um, that's, I guess, the core product that our organisation has developed. And if you go back to um, around 2017, um, there was just some really interesting conversations happening between um, our organisation and I think it was Vision Australia initially at that point in time about how this technology could be used to help the blind and visually impaired community. Um, and through those conversations, we were introduced to the RNIB in the UK. And that really is where everything started, a conversation that formed that very first idea around building Real Sound Pocket as a device that could be used um, by blind and partially sighted people. Um, at that point, it was to access media, so to access books and um, all of the wonderful services that RNIB were then at that point starting to provide in a digital form. And essentially the first device really was a, a reading device that you could use just through your voice. And that was really, what, when I was introduced to it, that was it. It was in your pocket. It was all those things. And it was, I felt quite revolutionary. You know, considering the year, considering the time, it felt very, very much ahead of its own time in a lot of ways. I mean, look at today. We are talking about conversational AI as the future that is, you know, almost with us. Whereas you guys were, you guys were into this back in 2017. Yeah, no, I think we, we definitely were. I think if you think back as far as 2017, it certainly wasn't an era when everybody had a device in their home. Um, it certainly wasn't a device that was used by um, 
a real cross-section of society as well. It, there was perhaps obviously early adopters, but um, I think it probably was around maybe around 2019, 2020 that we actually even started to see mainstream advertising for these products. So definitely it was very much a, a, one of the first products out there and R&IB at that point were very much early adopters and sponsors of that technology. And all of that collaboration work has helped you advance into new places. So you're now in the States, right? And Anat, that's your role, isn't it? Your business development director over there. So tell us what you do. So I have uh, been in assistive technology for about nine years, and I have been with Real Thing AI, Real Sam, for about two. And my role was initially to start business in the U.S., start our uh, consumer business in the U.S., and similarly to what Louis described in our relationship with RNAB, we have a relationship here in, in the U.S. with National Library Service. And that's how we came to the U.S. as a company. But then we quickly realized that we want to offer our products to the broader community, um, especially focusing on folks who are visually impaired, whether they have low vision or totally blind, as well as those who may have cognitive and memory challenges. So my role was to build sales structure in the U.S. and connect with partners and programs and make our product, uh, Real Stem Pocket, available and accessible to those who can benefit from it. You know, one thing we know in our community is that, you know, blindness doesn't travel alone and you might have a physical condition, which means you can't use a smartphone. So it, it totally makes sense why, as well as taking the product to more people, a potential customer base in America, to also look outside the blind community. That's exactly correct. Um, I wasn't part of the initial development, and Luis can potentially speak a little bit more to it, but when we initially developed uh, Real Sam Pocket, we focused on the community of people who may be blind or may be partially sighted, or as we say in the U.S., uh, <clears throat> legally blind. Yeah. And uh, we realized because, because the product has a lot of guidance, right? With voice interfaces, you need to have guidance as far as what the words that you can say to achieve the results that you want and what are the options that you have. So because you have this constant guidance and, in a sense, hand-holding, uh, we realize that people who don't who have challenges with memory can benefit from it because they don't have to rely on their memory as much to perform those tasks because the phone will remind them and give them options of what they can do. Okay, so it, it goes a little bit further then than a smart speaker. It will guide you along uh, in its use. That's, that's really interesting. How does that work practically? The device will always remember where you are. So let's say, for example, you were listening to a book. So you were listening to an audio book at home, potentially through your Bluetooth headset, um, and then you received a call. So that call would interrupt the, the stream of the book. The voice dialogue would announce who it is that's calling you if it's a, a contact that's saved in, in your phone book. Um, you could accept the call, talk to the person, and then at the end of the call, Pocket will actually say, we're, we're returning to your book now. So it, it takes you back to where you were. And that same ability to multitask would happen across multiple different um, features that, that you may want to use at any one time. Um, also, how you enter a feature set um, is really quite varied as well. So you can start with a command as broad as read me a book and you would be presented with a, a list of libraries that we have on board. And in both countries, we have multiple libraries available for you to select an audiobook from. 
Um, or you can enter by asking for a title or returning to a recently read book that you may have saved on a bookshelf. Um, and you can ask for recommendations. Um, find me a book about summer, you know, find a subject that you're interested in and, and be presented with a menu. So, so that it, well, it's going to be moderate, isn't it? It's always moderate, true crime. It's always those kind <laughs> yeah, of books. I, I, th- I find that that's on my TV in the evening. So I think yeah, everyone book, is. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for something a bit more uplifting. Um, perhaps it's the British winter that's well and truly got to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, essentially, you can you can use Pocket as a guide as well as um, if you know what you're looking for, get there very quickly. Let's talk a bit more about the feature sets themselves, because, of course, there are many features in this device. I mentioned a few up top. But uh, what specific features would you recommend uh, you know, as being the ones to look out for in a device like this that is controlled by voice alone? Pocket has what we call three feature sets. So we have communication, um, we have media, and we have um, assistance tools. So the assistance tools are those that we have identified as adding value to our core customer group. And it's interesting that you said earlier about what's the weather, what's the time. Um, they're, they're some of the features that we have and, and they are used um, by our customer group a lot. Um, and Nat and I um, work on our product development roadmap. And right now we are looking at how we can make the device more accessible to people with hearing loss, because obviously, as you mentioned, um, sight loss doesn't necessarily travel alone and particularly for older um, people age-related hearing loss and um, sight loss maybe um, comorbidities Um, so that's something we're currently building behind the scenes and we're looking at whatsapp as well so specifically that would enable our customers to make um, video calls to be part of group chats um, to make international calls um, over data um, so we believe that's a feature that is um, much needed and, and will be used a lot as well but we we're not an iPhone we're not a mainstream Android device we don't see it as our role to compete with those products um, we see it that we are an assistive technology business powered by AI that allows us to create solutions that work for a specific group within the community and we're not looking to be a product that's mainstream it's it's more about what do we need to do to service the core customer group that we believe we can add the most value to yeah but you you do say you're not an iphone or android competitor and and that's important to say you're right however you are using that type of technology aren't you you're using a standard smartphone uh, as the, the the base of your product yeah, yeah. In both markets, we're using Samsung hardware. So we take the Samsung product and then we overlay um, the real thing software. So that enables us to ensure that we're bringing the quality of the hardware that everybody you know recognizes from the Samsung brand. Um, and then adding this extra dimension of accessibility by ensuring that um, our voice experience is, is how you access all of the key features. What is happening with our phone is that we're really solving just one simple solution. 
uh, one simple problem, and that problem is inaccessibility of commercially available phones. Right, using mm. um, an iPhone, a regular Android device, if you're able to use all the accessibility features and all the complex commands, this is fantastic. But there is a large percentage of population who cannot access those because it's too complicated for them for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's hard for them to find the little icons. Maybe it's hard for them to do the double tapping, triple tapping, and other accessibility gestures. So we are offering a solution to those who were not taken care of um, until the real sun pocket came around. And by allowing them just a very easy way to communicate by phone and to access the additional features such as books and, um, um, and, and other tools that are available on the phone. But I guess the challenge is always providing an experience that is on par isn't it? Because you want, if someone's buying this device and they're going to use this as their sole smartphone device and they're going to be able to access all the wonderful things that that In Your Pocket has to offer, they want to make sure that they're not losing out to having an iPhone experience or an Android experience, a vanilla Android experience, if you like. How do you get around that challenge? Because obviously there's there's applications on there that you're not going to have on In Your Pocket that you can get on on a traditional, let's say, smartphone. Yeah, and that's correct. The, you know, what, everything we do is based on research and um, an experience of our users and potential users. So we have um, folks in the community who advise us and who test our devices and test features and basically tell us, you know, what they think about it. And what we develop really is, is based uh, on, on those experiences and that, that feedback. So what we've learned is that many of our users, many of whom are seniors, don't necessarily need or want all of the features available on the vanilla, um, as you say, um, smartphones. So we picked kind of core functionality and things that people need to do most or want to do most um, and made those available. Now, having said that, we are obviously a technology company and as a technology company, we can't help ourselves but make our products better. Again, based on the experience of our users, potential users, and kind of partners, um, and we will be adding additional features as requested by the community. I think there is a cohort of people who potentially haven't grown up with technology and still to this day are actually quite afraid of it. And the idea of using um, one of those mainstream options is overwhelming. Um, Often people approach us having already tried them and decided they were too complicated. The idea of, you know, downloading apps and logging in through passwords and everything like that um, is, is hard for people to use. And so people come to us sometimes because of the simplicity, because of the fact that we only focus on the core things. And actually, that's what they're looking for. They're looking less is more in, in those cases. And um, uh, particularly in the UK, I've noticed it, it may be the same for an app, but we have a lot of inquiries from um, the loved one of the person who will actually be using the product. And these are people who perhaps have already bought them a, an Amazon Echo. They've given them their old iPhone. They've played that role of um, you know, in-home tech support to their loved one, trying to get them up to speed with with devices that they know how to use themselves, found that they haven't worked out and they're coming to us saying, can this help instead? And in, in most cases, actually, it does. It's the one that it does make a difference because we have all of these um, 
solutions to help people, whether that's the customer support we provide, the inbuilt user guides, the um, as we spoke about earlier, the the fact that the device itself prompts people how to use it. It it does seem to make a difference for a very specific cohort that um, hasn't grown up with technology. And that's important, right? It's important that that people have a place to turn when the the other devices, the the Apple iPhone, the stock android device just just feels a little bit too complicated and many people are in that situation and i don't think it's an age thing either i mean i I think it's very we often and i have been guilty of saying well you know this is maybe a simpler device or maybe it's a good for someone who's older but that's not always the case is it there are a lot of people out there who just cannot get to grips a lot of people can't you know blindness doesn't always travel alone you know you can have people who have multiple disabilities who may not be able to physically use a smartphone and certainly not be able to manage to to learn all this new world of smartphone technology and all yeah despite how accessible it may well be in the end there's a lot of learning to be done to make it accessible to you and for some people that's just a journey they're not prepared to take at this point devices like yours do offer an alternative correct absolutely and i think in the last six months or so here we have seen that we've seen inquiries come from um, people with a, a range of issues, whether that is um, perhaps Parkinson's or an ability, mm. an, an, an issue that limits their ability to um, use a touch screen. So something that um, is really easy, just using your voice is helpful for them. Memory conditions of, of varying degrees. We've had inquiries about um, people who perhaps haven't got use of their hands anymore that also contact us it's it's quite a wide range and you know i'll be completely honest we're, we're learning about that ourselves and thinking how can we evolve the product to to suit a wider range of people because we have typically focused on the blind community and um we're we're identifying that there is value for for many more people than perhaps we previously used to focus on and i guess that's the same in the states right and that where, where people are finding and you guys must be learning all the time about you know potential new customers as far as you're concerned but people who can really benefit from this type of technology as opposed to physical buttons or using touch screens actually just using your voice absolutely um so what we have been seeing in the us is actually a growing number so initially we thought um like we said uh, earlier that most of our customers or most of our customers are um seniors um, but we're seeing a growing number of younger users um, that may have multiple challenges um, where <clears throat> visual impairment may not be the only one, for example. Um, and we also have some users that just say, you know what, I just really don't need you know, all of the Facebook and all of the other stuff. I just want to be able to make phone calls easily and not having to grieve every time I need to call somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you both about the rise in artificial intelligence and its use today, because, of course, in the last few months, we've heard a lot about ChatGPT. And for most people, I think they heard about it and they thought, okay, that's interesting. AI is getting smarter. Okay. And now we're starting to see actual products coming from companies like Microsoft and Google. And I just wonder how that works into your product, because ultimately what they're trying to create is a more natural way of communicating with computers. And that's what you've already created with RealThing, with the Pocket product. That is essentially what you're doing. So 
does this does this allow you to think bigger? Does this allow you to think about how you can make an even bigger and smarter pocket product in the future? Um, I guess on some level that might be a conversation for our MD who oversees <laughs> the strategy side. But I think from my perspective, that it's only a good thing that people are becoming more familiar with this type of technology and trusting it more. Trusting the device to be able to fulfil the need that you have. And also, I think sometimes it's been about building confidence to talk to a device and even not just feel silly doing that. I, I think really over time, people have got more used to, to speaking to, uh, to a phone, really, and, yeah. and getting those responses that they need and um, yeah, just making it part of day-to-day life. So the more mainstream that is, I think for us as an organisation, that's a good thing because we don't have to do the hard job of actually explaining what it even is in the first place. I sense caution, though, with, with what you're saying in, the, in that you want to, I guess, make sure the product you're, you're selling today is the right product for the, the for the market you're serving and not to let it become overwhelmed by the, the endless advances in AI technology that seem to be, you know, in the news every day. I think the trick is, you know, you mentioned we're in an age where technology is becoming very advanced and a lot of times it emulates human behavior. So the challenge is how do you take very advanced technology that is capable of doing a lot and make it easy to use and bring it to the level of the user and their specific needs? And I think that's the balance that that we're playing, right? A lot of times when we talk to our business partners, they say, can your phone do this? And can your phone do that? And can your phone do this? And they say, well, we could make it do all of those things. But the question is, do our users need all of those things? Do they want all of those things? And the answer is they want some of those things, but not all of it. The reason they're using our phone is because they want something simple. So what we are doing is we're taking a pretty advanced technology um, and, and making it usable for people who may be averse to technology, who are not necessarily used to using technology. Um, some of our users are used to voice-operated <clears throat> devices, especially if they have been blind or visually impaired for a while. But a lot of our users are in the process of losing their eyesight, and they're used to consume their information visually with their eyes. And this is a completely mental switch. It's a new set of skills that they need to learn, right? How to talk to a device to get the result that they're expecting. Okay, let's talk about availability. Now, you're in the UK, you're in Australia, and you're now in the US. Are there plans to roll this product further into, say, Canada? I mentioned at the top that you're not available in Canada at the moment. Is that something that's likely to change? So... Right now, Stephen, as you as you mentioned, yeah, they're the three markets that we're in, Australia, where we originated, the UK and the US. Um, really, we are still trying to grow and develop those markets. But certainly for us, we have um, two goals in the medium term. One is to be able to introduce other languages onto the device. And certainly for the US market, that's important. Um, and then potentially we would be rolling out to other English-speaking markets that... Um, would be able to use the the product that we have but we work with distribution partners in each market and we have to build those relationships up to enable us to to sell the products through there so in the UK as you know we work with the RNIB and O2 um, and then that has her own relationships that she's established to, to bring the product to market over there. So in the US we um, 
you know, every market is different. So we have a network of distributors who are local uh, to the communities. Some of them are local. Some of them are a little bit less local um, that provide um, support and demonstrations. Um, we work with uh, veteran affairs hospitals um, who issue devices to qualified veterans. Um, we have our phone available through several um, programs, state programs that are called telecommunication equipment distribution programs whenever available. And we have many nonprofit and, and other partners um, in the field. Because the trick is, is not just to have the phone available, people need to know about it. So we have many demonstration centers and, and partners in the field within the communities so people uh, can learn and, and try the phone and you know put it in their hand. And we also obviously offer a lot of online demonstrations as needed. Okay, so what about people who want to find out about the product in those countries where it is available today? Uh, how can they do that? We do have a website that will direct people to the market that they are either in or closest to. So um, the website that people may want to look at if they want to find out more information on RealSam Pocket, either in the US or in the UK, is realsam.ai. And that will enable you to make an inquiry to the local team and find out more about pricing and um, products in your market as well. You know, thank you so much to both of you for coming on and telling us all about the product. I'm so glad we had the chance to do this today. Uh, Louise and Anach, thank you so much for coming on from Real Thing and telling us all about the Pocket products. As uh, they say, you can find out all about the products on their website. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us on one 4567 and we'll catch you back here tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.